Okay, what is this, Lamar? Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet a lovely, warm summer Wednesday night show and tell. We're live broadcasting from the Adafruit headquarters. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada, and of course, special guest, Cousin Lady Ada. No, just kidding, it's Pete. <laughs> Everyone's best friend, Pete. Yeah. Pete, Pete. Uh, Pete's our guest on Ask an Engineer, so tune in at 8 p.m. and learn all about machine learning and electronics and microcontrollers and more. And more. That'll be coming up soon, so yeah. save up all your questions you have about machine learnings. Are they going to take over our brains? We'll find <laughs> out in about half an hour. But now we're going to check in with people from around the world. What are they doing? Soldering, sewing, 3D printing, machine learning, whatever they're crafting up. Here. We'll start with uh, some Adafruit folks. Kick it off with Scott. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been going a little OLED crazy uh, in the last couple of days, uh, particularly OLEDs that are grayscale. Now, unfortunately, the hover cam doesn't do a great job at showing the grayscale. Uh, but uh, for example, on this, this is a grayscale screen we actually have in the store currently. Mm -hmm. um, it's the 2.7 inch monochrome yeah. OLED, I believe. It's a 750 uh, SSD 1325, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, you can see a little bit of the detail on the on the Blinko graphic on there. Uh, just take my word for it, which is pretty neat. Um, and then this is one I had before. It's 256 by 64. It's not something we carry in the store, but it's easy to get off DigiKey. And it's the SSD 1322. It's also grayscale. And I'm playing around with the tuning so I can get better uh, better contrast on the the Blinko details. And then uh, this is one I just picked up from Amazon. It's a SSD 1327, which is also grayscale. Um, and yeah, so I've been playing around a lot with the grayscale. I was happy that my grayscale code worked. Um, so expect to see some new repos for these devices coming shortly. That's what I'm working on uh, imminently right now. And then a couple other things I just wanted to share as well. Um, I just got a DigiKey order and I got this really cool box it's uh, $3 off DigiKey. It's a Hammond ABS box. And if you just squeeze the top, you can pop it open like this. And you would like mount this to your wall. Um, and then you'd be able to do that. And I could just show you. It's like perfect size for a feather that you could put a feather Looks in like there. It might, it might fit a Pi Zero really well, too. It looks about the same. Oh, yeah. I don't have one on my desk, which is surprising given all the junk I have on my desk. <laughs> the one thing that's not on your desk. No nope. try it out and let us know, but that's cool. What's the part number? People can look it up or um, I'll drop it in the in the live broadcast chat. I okay. think it actually, you know, I have it open. I can read it off. It's a Hammond uh, 1551V2BK for the black version. Okay. Um, and lastly, uh, I know I have a lot of stuff here, but I wanted to show the great fat rhododendron as well. Uh, Kate Temkin just did this, and I just got it from Oshpark today. I'm excited to assemble it. What it is is it's a neighbor for the Great Fet, and uh, the goal is to be able to debug high-speed USB uh, for low cost, uh, lower cost than is currently possible. Um, I'm so excited because that would totally replace thousand dollar Beagle. Yeah. Exactly, Beagle the, the equivalent yeah. Beagle is like eleven hundred dollars. Um, yeah. And Kate's been doing some awesome. Uh, open source software to do all of the packet analysis as well. And so I'm eager to get this going so that when I'm adding CircuitPython to more boards, I just have an open source tool that I can improve as I need to improve it. I'll um, be psyched for that. Everyone, yeah, everyone needs to get this. Excited. 
Yeah, we had the uh, Great Fet folks on our show, so you can check that out on our YouTube channel. Yes, well. and shout out to Kate Temkin, who is the coolest hacker in the hardware scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's she got me beat by miles. Yeah. No, I'm like, my my face burned off when I like see her. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's why there's a fire engine in the. Background. That's right. That's right. Uh, my a, face is about to melt off. Right. Yeah, and I'll post a link to his, uh Kate's presentation from Teardown, all about USB debugging. I'll post that in live broadcast chat oh, as well. Yeah, please do. All right. All right. Thanks so much, Scott. Okay, Thank next you. up, Phil B. Only does eyes. What are you up to, Phil B? Hello. Um, let's see. Uh, during the the secret vault part of Ask an Engineer. Uh, you've been showing off this board. Uh, it has two screens on it, and everyone's like really excited, like, oh my god, a VR headset. And the bad news, I'll just tell everyone, it's not a VR headset. Um, VR is really hard, and you'll make people sick. And so we're not doing that. Which we do want to do, but it's, yeah. it's, hard, it's the hard part. Yeah. If it was easy and sick, we would do it. Yeah, baby steps. So anyway, um, last year, you know, we did the, the Halloween, the, the eyeball, and... Um, a lot of people do cool things with it, and uh, some people put two of them in a mask uh, like that. It, it's always dragons for some reason. I don't mind it. I, you know, dragons are cool. Um, so the the board Lamore is working on it's it's uh, something to make that easier. It has two screens in it and an M4, and um, that's what it's doing. It's not going to be a VR thing, but uh, it's going to be a pretty cool Halloween. Uh, gizmo for people to to make masks or something else with and i have a, a mock-up of one here the the trick is it sits actually up on your forehead just above your your eyes so the screens are going to be up here and you'll kind of peer um okay. underneath and if you're not if you're not into the the halloween mask thing um it can be uh broken in half down the middle you'll have two two half boards and maybe you'll make something else out of it you know they could be front and back or I don't know, but uh, you'll have you'll have more options than just making a mask out of it. But um, I don't know if you noticed. I kind of like monsters, so I'm I'm digging on the monster thing. And I had this wacky idea. If I got a sec to show it, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, instead of the screens up here, you know, I, I want them here, but I can't see through them there. And so there's there's this phenomenon. Uh, Disney made it famous in the Haunted Mansion ride called Pepper's Ghost, where you use a piece of glass to, to reflect a display. And uh, what I've done, I hope the lighting is good here. Oh yeah, that looks but great. Oh, that's cool. there. Um, the displays are actually in the, in the, in the uh, brim of this hat and they're reflected. Um, yeah, it's just a piece of acrylic right now. But interesting thing about Pepper's Ghost is it has uh, a bit of parallax to it and it, you, you, you don't see the image on the glass, you see it behind the glass. And so yeah. sometimes, sometimes people call it a hologram. It's not really a hologram, yeah. but it does this interesting perceptual depth thing. Um, yeah, it looks it looks like it's it's it looks like where it's the eyeballs should be. Yes, exactly. So I might have to do some kind of like extra creepy uh, costume out of this, I think. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, I've never even seen this before, which is why I think you're you're always innovating on the eyes. And I've got, if you want to switch the, OLED, the overhead real fast, I've got, we're also making an updated M4 Halloween. And this is, um, this is the demo where people are like, why are you into these red, white stripes? This is a really good way to test, um, you know, without getting distracted by the eyeball. We just use, we're using this as a test pattern. But you can see it's, it's much higher resolution. Uh, and this is with the, uh, the lens on it. That's kind of cool. 
Yep. So that's that's what's in the pipeline. And if people have been wondering about the thing with the two screens, that's that's what's going on. No VR yet. Well, but maybe someone will do it. I think mean. Someone, oh, someone's got to. Yeah. There's the cardboard sets or the um the Viewmaster. I know someone's gonna hack one of these. In All right. Okay, eyes coming soon. Actually, you know what? Since I don't know if the preview went live, just show that again. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it was, was So this is. Oh, hold on. Lock the. Uh, That's what it looks like. Yes, yeah, so this is the uh, the eye with the lens, so you can see the lens makes it pop a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Let's go to Noah and Pedro. Okay, Noah and Pedro, what hey, are folks. you printing up this week? Yeah, so this week we got a little uh, hinged mechanism. So this is a one-piece print-in-place hinge. And huh. the way it works is that uh, it prints in one piece, and there's no assembly required. And we have this little kind of tab here where it locks and latches. So you can open this little kind of door. And you can't disassemble it because it's uh, all printed in place. And it doesn't require any support material, which is kind of nice. So we got that, and we're figuring, what can we do with this? So we got our Pi badge. and. Uh, Recently, Namar did a really cool demo with TensorFlow Lite running on the Pi Badge. And she had a little microphone uh, hanging out here. So we figured it'd be cool if we put the microphone on the back and made it flip out. So we have that same mechanism where it flips out. And we can have it right there. And if I turn it on, we can actually do a little demo. This is, great. This is what Pete worked on like all the time. <laughs> this is all the work. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. this works. Yes. All right. How about, how about a no? All right. And then you can uh, use your dumbbells. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. Dude. You're supposed to be like, of course it does. That's why I'm taking the big bucks. Yeah. Excellent. So, and then. Turning on a Pi badge with right. a, a microphone plugged in and a 3D printed case. That's so cool. Right. And what we like to do with our case is we also like to make it snap fit. So, if I open that. We got a little latch that opens up like that, and I can pull this out. And now we have freed little Blinka here. She's free. Yay. <laughs> yeah, and then we just have this press fitted. We like to make designs where we don't use screws and, and glue and stuff. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm liking the, the evolution of your designs from like very bold and glue together to now it's like it's snap fit and it's, it's you know, the, the printers are getting better and your design skills are getting better. Thanks to you guys. This is awesome. So uh, definitely check it out. It's uh, up there on uh, Thingiverses and GitHubs. And uh, we have a little learn guide on some tips on how to adhere the uh, the extra pieces like this bezel. And of course, the uh, print and place hinge there. So there we go. OK, sweet. All right, nice work. Thank you. Next up, Melissa, I have a question mark next. I actually have no idea what you're about to show off. <laughs> OK. What do you? What is it going to be? Well. I have been working on this robotic vehicle here. And let me turn it on. So I have made use of the pulse in module in CircuitPython, and now it's reading eight channels from this remote. And I have one of the channels mapped to the NeoPixel color. Oh, nice. And so you can just go and change the color of it just by and turning it a knob. It comes in like a servo, right? It gives you a servo signal, so it's like 50 hertz yeah. pulses. Okay. Yeah, it's reading eight PWM channels on there. And it's uh, running with the, the Grand Central. That's nice. So you can uh, see the board here. And, you, and it actually works pretty well. You can read all eight channels. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's and good. so I want to, once I get that library 
to learn my uh, worked on a little bit more i'll uh, okay. contribute that no that's going to be super popular people who want to do rc car stuff we actually we watch BattleBots once in a while and you know it's all rc based so it'd be like yeah. that could be kind of neat people do circuit python based BattleBotsies. oh yeah and with all the other libraries it just plays together really nicely and works really well the other thing you might want to try is see if that pulse in code works on a raspberry pi because because we have that pulse in library but otherwise it's almost impossible to do pwm in could be interesting to see if it it's works it's just using the pulse in that's built into the circuit python on there yeah so. um but uh with the raspberry pi since we have pulse in it should work it should but does it <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll have to try that out maybe next week i'm just curious because i think that'd be kind of cool well, okay, yeah, I can try that. Out. We have um, Circuit Python in space because it was on in a satellite, and now we have Circuit Python in a car. So mm -hmm. <laughs> next up, submarines. Blinka is, is old enough to drive. Yeah. <laughs> he, he and Snake Years, I think, is yeah at least sixteen or eighteen. Okay. All right, next up, JP. Welcome back. You're on break. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. It's good to be back, and uh, I got started building some stuff right away after coming back from vacation. Um, and the let me switch my camera because the first thing I want to show you is a Pi Gamer that I'm using to control external NeoPixels over the JST uh, connection. So we've got a nice little plug-in connection on uh, the bottom of the Pi Gamer there, where we can. There's two of them are three-pin JST, and then we have this four-pin connector here. So we have these little thirty. Um, LED NeoPixel strips. So I've just plugged one straight into there. And then inside of make code, I've built this little interface where I can uh, use the thumbstick to move a little cursor around. You might not be able to see the cursor. It's a small little, little white. Dot. Yeah, we see it. Little dot. Yeah. So as I drive over these colors, I'm picking a NeoPixel color for the strip. And you can see it, it uh, responds really nice and quick. And then uh, I can use the A and B buttons to switch between pages. So this page one is for just straight up uh, full color for the whole strip. And then here with the B button, I've got the six uh, sort of canned animation cycles that uh, make code arcade has for them. So if I hover over this first one, I'll get a nice rainbow demo and I can go to chase. Comet, which has like a cool little acceleration and then deceleration and reverse of the strip little theater chase, and so on, a nice little sparkle one. Uh, and then I can pop back over here to this screen. I also have another screen where I can go and set up the number of NeoPixels that are on the strip. So if you plug something else in, you can just uh, drop down. Let's say maybe you've got a 10 NeoPixel strip. And then when you go and start to change things, you can see it's only part of my strip changing. I should have cleared it to black first, but I didn't. Um, and, so and this that, is all in MakeCode, right? Just unbelievable, easy. right? It's all in MakeCode. So it's a it's a hefty-ish uh, sized um, MakeCode session, but I, I'm, I've started on the guide already for it, and I'll be putting that out this Friday. Um, you know, it's got uh, what I've done is I've broken it up into a lot of functions so that I hope it still remains clear how it's working. But uh, there's essentially one mechanism I'm using for everything, which is they're very nice and convenient when uh, sprite of kind player, which is my cursor, crosses over sprite of kind, and then I've made different, you don't have to just use enemy and food and, and projectile or whatever exists in there, you can make your own. So I have kind red, pink, blue, and so on. So it, it just is a very easy collision detection that occurs that then fires off either a color or an animation. Um, and uh, I don't have it set up for both, but you could set it up for both JST connections and have two strips in there. These are the 
D2 and D3 pins on the board. Uh, and I was really excited about how, how straightforward it was to get a, a quick prototype going. And then I've been refining it to add these, these uh, extra features. So I'll be showing that on my show tomorrow. Tune in at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time on the live stream. And then I'll have a guide coming out uh, Friday or, or thereabouts uh, that people can use to do sort of a non-game thing with their Pi Gamer because it's a really cool UI for doing these kinds of things. Um, All, right. So All right. Thanks, Thanks for you. We miss you. Sure. Back. <laughs> Thank you. Next up, up is Tom, Tom and Tom. his LEDs. What you got there, Tom? He's he's fighting the mic. There you go. Okay. Can you hey, hear right? me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, I I work uh, right now primarily at a science museum for kids, and one of my big passions is really electronics hardware. Um, <clears throat> so I designed actually a display, which is this one. And what it does is similar to what you've probably seen with an uh, electroscope, where electroscope, well, if you get static electricity, it'll make the leaves separate when you get it close, Ooh. which that's a really old thing. But I wanted a more uh, dynamic visual display. I, I've seen some of this done before, but I think I've done it a little bit different and I would like to do it in a little bit larger scale. But I started out with uh, an eight by 10 display basically, mm -hmm. um, where we can take and bring it close. And hopefully, it's not, hopefully it's not too humid here. <laughs> oh yeah. Look at that. How are you doing that? So, Essentially, it's a bunch of single op-amp circuits. I used uh, a, what, a TL071 op-amp. Yeah, and it's supposed to be very, uh, very robust in, when it comes to high voltages and things like that. I think so, it's like a deep-fed input too, right? So it's really good at, these, at something detecting low voltages. Yes, yes, and, but it also, if I were to get an arc from it, it shouldn't, it's not supposed to short out. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't had that happen. But so I made a, a series of boards that are eight of the circuits in a row with a, well, well one of my mistakes was I, the LED I chose was much smaller than what I thought it was. It's a, I think it's a 608 size, but it has two LEDs in a 608 package which made it a little bit tougher for me to <laughs> assemble. Um, and I was very rushed when I initially built this in that I did not attach the actual feedback pin. So it wasn't working. <laughs> well, I have some feedback uh, for you. It's that's how you learn. <laughs> oh, yes. But then I, instead of remaking new boards, I actually had to wire every, all 80 circuits with a little jumper wire on every single one. Right. That's which okay. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but oh, it does work great. now. All right, but it works great now and it's an awesome yeah. demo. Oh yeah, no, it's a fun thing. I think there's a lot of uh, kids that'll enjoy being able to sort of interact with it. Cause even if you take something to rub on it, it'll change color. 
Yeah, this is uh, better than the, the leaves demo. Yeah, yeah way work. better. <laughs> it, this is really uh, reminds me a lot of Lenore and Wendell's OctoLively kit, which uses op-app feedback circuits as uh, well, but for optical response, not for... Yes, I, no, I've seen those. That's part of what gave me the idea. Yeah. So those, uh, is it OctoLively? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's what, okay. you, what gave me the idea years ago. So, well, this is super cool. All right, Tom. Well, uh, congratulations. The only thing this project's missing is as seen on the show and, on show and tell sticker. So email support at adafruit.com and you'll have, there's a few science exhibits that have as seen on show and tell stickers, but you will have oh, one now as well. Come back anytime. And thanks for doing this work with science museums. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Great work. Thanks, Tom. Dan. Hey, Dan. Okay, hey, Dan. hey. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, so I've been working on a couple um, e-paper projects for uh, uh, Adafruit, and uh, I've got a new project. That a, I call it an amazing project because it actually is yeah, a maze. Yeah. Can you see that? Yes. Yeah. All right. So it's a maze uh, uh, learning guide. I'm using a Metro M4 airlift. Actually, it could be doesn't have to be an airlift because it doesn't need a Wi-Fi, and it's using an e-paper shield for um, for Arduino. And um, if you can see, it's it's a really nice display. It's, uh, yeah. since it's all horizontal and vertical lines. There's no jagged lines, you know, that you would get with uh, uh, diagonal lines. So it's so it's I think it's a really nice display. And actually, I don't have any power to it right now because that's the nice thing about e-paper is that there's you don't need to have power to keep the display. It makes live demos easy. All right, so what's your next project after this? Oh, I don't know. We were thinking about maybe a, um, an uh, e-reader kind of a project with yeah. um, with this kind of display. So we'll see how that goes. All right, well, you're like the e-ink master. So <laughs> congratulations. We have everyone's loving your guides in there. I like how they're they're doing cool projects that you can only do with e-ink. This doesn't make sense to do with it. Yeah. And I'm not using the buttons too, because I got three buttons uh, I'm using to change the different uh, maze difficulty. And then I have one button that shows the uh, uh, the solution. And I like the red ink to, to show yeah. the solution. That's fun. Yeah. All right, and this is also code that you wrote 30 years ago in C. Yeah, I wrote it like in the 90s and I and for a C class that I that I taught. And I thought, well, you know, hey, this might, this would be a nice application to use for an e-ink and an e-paper. So I think it turned out really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Great work. Well, nice work. Even though you're doing stuff with this, if you want a sticker, we'll send you. Yeah, going back. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. Next All up, Christopher right, C. Hey, Christopher. Okay, that's me. That's so you. I have um, one of these from a long time ago. I don't know if y'all remember the. Yeah. Um, so I, I needed I needed this at work. So work projects are are great because you get paid for them, right? Yeah, and you can expense them. <laughs> exactly. You're double dipping. Let's see. So. Um, all right, so you got a Raspberry Pi. It is. It's just it's a real simple project. Raspberry Pi Zero, and the little green connector that comes out of the um, out of the the plug is, yeah. is it's glued to that. Real simple Python web server in there, and um, it has a REST interface, so other devices in the house can can turn this on and off. Broadcasts a nice simple web page. Oh. So, Look at that. So. Nice Next, I want to do some um, some Amazon Echo. Try to get some Alexa turn the lights on and off that way. Yeah. So it's real easy to do with a Python there. 
Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Right. Well, that's a great project. There's plenty of room on those because I have one for as seen on the show and tell sticker. So email supportedatafruit.com and we will send you out. I would maybe, love it. Maybe Thank you can you. get the uh, speech demo. You can get it. On yeah, off. we have we have a <laughs> TensorFlow Lite demo that you might be able to say on and off without having to even talk to the cloud. You could just do it locally on a device. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> All right, next that's week. That's a challenge. That's All right, a good Chris. Yeah. Well, if you want a sticker to go in the back of your relay, don't forget to email support at Adafruit. I will do it. Man, you had a really nice audio setup. You should be on a podcast if you're not, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I'm not. Your voice is really good. Everyone has a podcast now, for what I understand. <laughs> All right. See, Scott. Uh, see, Scott. Out. It's good to see you again. Hey, guys. Yeah, I've been away for a bit. It just got really busy. Uh, you know, when both your kids are starting high school at the same year, it just things explode. Never mind the Apple projects at work. Anyway, <laughs> a few things. I've talked a while back about this. I was taking all the remnants of NeoPixels we had from a kiosk project because we had something like 2,500 meters of them and we didn't use it all. And we ended up with these 16 to 24 element strips that I wanted to arrange across the board so that I had a uh, 16 by 16 uh, pixel uh, rectangular display. I made this in the same form factor as the Eurorack module so that I can bolt this into one of my racks and with when I eventually have the the circuit Python code running behind it I'll be able to input signals and display waveforms in colors and uh, color changing according to frequency and whatnot so down the road want to have it more ready and for uh, the formal presentation, uh, you'll get to see it again. But it is coming together. I mean, I got the boards. They work. They light up. And you know, everything's yeah. happening. But um, uh, um, who was it was talking? It was uh, Phil talking about the uh, Pepper's Ghost. And it, it, it reminds me, a, a good friend of mine worked for Disney for many years. And he was telling about, about uh, in the Haunted Mansion, um, in the ballroom scene, that is the single largest piece of glass installed in a facility uh, in this country. Huh. Is they lowered it, they took the roof off and lowered a single sheet of glass down and affixed it to do the uh, ghost illusion there. They did this in the 50s. And sometime in the 80s, some doofus shot it. And so there's a hole in the upper right hand corner. This is the one in, um, um, uh, sorry, in California. Um, and they had to cover it if, if you're ever in there because they can't take it out. They, you know, they finished yeah. it. Yeah, you're, not, you're, you're living with this. You're stuck with it. Yeah. So if you look in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see they had kind of dressed the corner of the, of the uh, room with uh, curtains and stuff, and you can't quite see the corner. That's how they covered the, uh, um, uh, the uh, fracture in the glass. But I thought it was interesting that I liked the Phil's solution there. I want to show that to my friend Doug, who's been on here before. He's the haunt uh, expert. But um, uh, anyway, I thought it was just interesting that, oh, hey, I, I remember, you know, when we used, when they used the Pepper's Illusion and yeah. all that. So anyway. Yeah, uh, it Pardon? Works great. I mean, like, we, we haven't come up with anything better since. <laughs> well, the re Doug tells me the reason it works is you actually have the light image going through two refractive surfaces on your glass, the inner one and the outer one. And that's what's giving it the illusion of depth. It's the lower, he calls it the lower surface refraction. In other words, the one farther away from the, uh, 
projected image, and in this case, the eyeballs or the bouncy balls or whatever he was using for the. Um, yeah, it's kind of freaking me out. Yeah, it's just kind of freaking like it's like Phil B. You got some sort of like eye disease. All right, you got anything else, Scott? Before you cut yeah. out. Yeah, I know you got to get going, but I wanted to mention last week my favorite animation studio in the world was attacked by an arsonist, and he ended up uh, unfortunately killing about half the staff there. And I was in utter shock, so I wanted to just mention if anybody goes uh, out and looks for works by Kyoto Animation out of Kyoto, Japan, have a look at what they do. They need all the eyeballs on their work they can get right now because it's a really tough time for them. Got it. Uh, yeah, I heard about this. I didn't realize that I knew someone who knew that I didn't know the specific animation studio. If you send me any text and photos or links to some of their works, We'll put it up on the Adafruit blog. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get on that. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that right away. All right. But, thank all right, you, everybody. So much, all right. Thank you, Tom. Tom thank you, Scott. Scott. Phil B. In his eyes. No, Pedro. Melissa. Melissa JP, <laughs> JP. Dan and, C. C. Scott. Yeah. And Christopher C. All right. Thank you, everyone. We're here every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks for making this the best half an hour of our week every single week. Uh, looks like we're getting played out with multiple <laughs> forms of dragons and lights and OLEDs and more. Ask an Engineer starts in a minute or so. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. See you soon.